Section 87 of Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse. Edited by Olive Bupre Miller. The Renowned and World Famous Adventures of Punch and Judy. Ladies and gentlemen, pray how do you do? If you all happy, me all happy too. Stop and hear my merry little play. If me make you laugh, me need not make you pay. Squeak, squeak. Here's old Mr. Punch again, with his great hooked nose, and his hooked chin, and his peaked cap, and his fat stomach, and his slender little legs, and his smile, smile, smile. Old Mr. Punch and his wife Judy and the baby who was always being thrown out of the window, and Toby the dog, and the hobby horse, and all the rest of the well-known, widely-traveled, and world-famous performers in the puppet show. There's hardly a corner of the world Punch and Judy haven't visited, and they've been sending men, women, and children into gales of laughter from Boston to Paris, from China to Peru, for nobody knows how many hundreds of years. So you see, Punch and Judy are people of renown. A hundred years ago, in any great city of Europe or America, one might have seen set up in some public place a little movable box of a theater in which all the actors were wooden dolls, puppets or marionettes as they are called. Sometimes these puppets were made to move about and go through the action of the play by means of wires attached to their heads. Sometimes the man who gave the show stood inside a box below the little stage and wore Punch and Judy on his hands, which were covered from sight by the cloths of the puppets. He would use his thumb and middle finger to move the arms and his forefinger for the head. Then Mr. Punch and Mrs. Judy and the baby and the hobby horse and the distinguished foreign gentleman who couldn't speak English and the rest would go through their parts with much spirit while the showman made up the words they were supposed to speak to each other as the play went on. Some of the puppet shows in London remained always in one place and were so loved by the people that real actors and singers of the opera complained because their playhouses were empty while everyone crowded to see the puppet shows. There was even one droll showman who trained a little pig to dance with Mr. Punch, and squeak as if he were singing in imitation of one of the great Italian opera singers of the day. Other puppet shows, instead of remaining always in one place, were carried about, both in town and in the country, on the backs of strolling showmen. These were particularly popular at country fairs, where they drew great crowds of merry, laughter-loving people. One man would carry the theater itself on his back, and the other the box in which the puppets were packed. The first man would blow a little tin whistle and the second a trumpet to attract people's attentions, and wherever they found a crowd gathered together or saw signs of interest, they set up their theater and gave a performance. As soon as Mr. Punch showed his ridiculous hooked nose between the curtains and gave the squeak that always announces his appearances, the people began to laugh, and they never left off laughing till the show was over. One of the men would pass about among the onlookers and collect pennies during the play, and then off they would go to find another crowd. The puppet shows came to England from Italy, but long, long before that time, in the year 1000 B.C. or thereabouts, it is said that a puppet showman gave a performance before the Emperor of China. That august gentleman had never heard of a puppet show, and he thought that the dolls must be live men who dared to make faces at him. At last, becoming angry at their grimaces, he ordered all their heads off. The showman, with great difficulty, was able to persuade the Emperor that the actors were only dolls, whereupon, not only did he escape punishment, but was rewarded for his cleverness by being made official puppet showman of the Chinese Empire. Since Mr. Punch first appeared in the world, the story about him has been little changed, 
although it was part of the showman's business to make up new lines for the characters to speak as the play went on. Mr. Punch has been, from the beginning, and still is, the most ridiculous, absurd, impossible old rascal and villain in the world. He beats his wife, lays everybody else out with his stick, and flings his baby out the window quite unconcerned about it all, ever smiling, ever dancing and singing, without a pang of sorrow or regret. In the end, he comes off victorious and conquers all his enemies without ever once being punished for his sins. Once, a very serious-minded showman was so disturbed at Punch's always coming off victorious in spite of his evil deeds, that he made bold to change the ending of the play, and have Punch meet his just punishment. But, oh me and oh my, the crowd round about wouldn't have it, not at all. They pelted the poor man in his show with mud and drove him away. So, you see, we shall have to take Mr. Punch just as he is, and for what he is, a joke, not a real man at all, but a delightfully droll and absurd wooden puppet. This is the Punch and Judy show, as it has been given with slight variations for hundreds of years. As the curtains are drawn back, Mr. Punch is heard singing down below the stage. I dreamt that I dwelt in marble halls, with vassals and serfs by my side. All of a sudden, up he pops, like a jack-in-the-box, calling for his wife Judy. Instead of Judy, in comes the little dog Toby. Punch says, Hello, Toby. Who called you? How do you do, Mr. Toby? Hope you very well, Mr. Toby. Bow, wow, wow, says Toby. I'm glad to hear it, Toby. What a nice good dog you are. Good Toby, good Toby. At that, Toby snarls. Arr, arr. What, Toby? You cross this morning? You get out of bed the wrong way upwards? Arr, arr, answers Toby. Punch puts out his hand cautiously to coax the dog. Good doggy, good doggy. Be a good doggy, and me give you some pail of water and a broomstick for supper. Toby snaps at his hand. Toby, you're one bad dog. Get away with you. And he strikes the dog with his stick. Just at that moment, Mr. Scaramouche, the owner of the dog, rises from below the stage, and biff! He receives the blow intended for Toby on his head. Oh! squeals Mr. Scaramouche. I shall make you pay for my head, sir. And I shall make you pay for my stick, sir. I haven't broken your stick. And I haven't broken your head. You have, sir. Then it must have been cracked before. Hello, cries Mr. Scaramouche, spying Toby. Why, that's my dog Toby. Toby, old fellow, how are you? Toby barks. He isn't your dog, cries Punch. He is. No, he isn't. He is. I tell you, a fortnight ago I lost him. And a fortnight ago I found him. We'll soon see whether he belongs to you, shouts Mr. Scaramouche. You shall go up to him and say, Toby, poor little fellow, how are you? Very good, agrees Mr. Punch, and he goes up to Toby, saying, Toby, poor little fellow, how are you? Toby snaps at Punch's nose. There, you see that shows the dog is mine yells Scaramouche. No, cries Punch. It shows he's mine. If he's yours, why does he bite you? He bites me because he likes me. Nonsense, cries Scaramouche. We'll soon settle which of us the dog belongs to. We'll fight for him. Now don't you begin till I say time. Punch knocks Mr. Scaramouche down, and Scaramouche howls. That wasn't fair. It was fair, cries Punch. I didn't hit till you cried time. I never did, goes on Mr. Scaramouche. 
I only said, don't begin till I say time. Punch knocks him down again a second time. There, you said it again. Scaramouche roars. Toby, come help your master. The dog springs forward. Seeing this, Punch begins to squeal. No, no, call off the dog. It isn't fair. You didn't say time. Toby barks furiously and seizes Punch by the nose. Oh, dear, oh, dear, squeaks Punch. My nose, my poor nose, my pretty little nose, my beautiful nose. He tries to shake off the dog, but Toby still clings to his nose as he dances wildly about the stage. Murder, fire, thieves, call off your dog. Very well, says Mr. Scaramouche. Come along, Toby. Toby lets go, and the two leave the stage. I wouldn't have that dog as a gift, says Punch, nursing his nose, and calling once again for Judy. Judy comes in in a frilled cap with a hooked nose and hooked chin, just as ugly as Mr. Punch. Well, what do you want now I've come? says she. Ah, says Punch in a wheedling tone. What a pretty little creature. Ain't she one beauty? Why, I want to dance with you, my ducky. They dance. At the conclusion of the dance, Punch hits Judy over the head with his stick. You villain, cries Judy. How dare you strike me? Take that! And she slaps him in the face. Ah! says Punch, stroking his cheek. She is always so playful. Bring me the child, Judy. Bring me the child. Judy goes and brings back the baby, which she leaves with Punch. He dandles the baby in his arms and sings. Dancy baby ditty. What shall daddy do witty? Sit on his lap. Give it some pap. Dancy baby ditty. What a pretty baby it is, he croons. Little duck, never was such a good child. The baby cries, Mama! Punch thumps the child with his stick. Go to sleep, my pretty, he cries. Baby cries louder, Mama! Punch cracks him harder, still singing, Hush-a-bye, hush, hush, hush. Baby yells, Nyeh! And catches hold of Punch's nose. Murder! Let go! Howls Punch. Go to your mother, darling! And biff! He throws the baby out the window. Then he sings, smiling and unconcerned. I dreamt and I dwelt in marble halls with vassals and serfs by my side. At that, in comes Judy. Where's the boy? She cries. Why, didn't you catch him? Asks Punch. Catch him? Says Judy. What have you done with him? Oh, cries Punch. I just threw him out the window. Thought you might be passing and catch him. Oh, you horrid wretch, shrieks Judy. You shall pay for this. She hurries out, comes back in a moment with a stick, and hits Punch a resounding blow on the head, continuing then to pound him. I'll teach you to drop my child out the window. Ow, howls Punch. I'll never do it again. I'll teach you. I'll teach you. Then I'll be teacher too, cries Punch. He takes the stick from Judy and knocks her flat with a blow. Then he goes on singing. I dreamt and I dwelt in marble halls with vassals and serfs by my side. In comes a policeman, brandishing his club. Hello, hello, hello. Here I am, cries the policeman. Hello, 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 answers Punch. Here I am too. And he whacks the policeman over the head. Do you see my club, sir? shouts the policeman. Do you feel my stick, sir? answers Punch. Take your nose out of my face, sir. Take your face out of my nose, sir. Who? 
cries the policeman. Who? answers Punch. You have committed a crime, sir, says the policeman, and I am come to take you up. And I am come to knock you down, retorts Punch. Whack! He lays the policeman flat and goes on singing and dancing as before. Then he gets a great sheep bell and begins to shake it all about the stage. There enters a foreign servant dressed in outlandish livery. Mr. Punch, says the servant, my master he say he no like a de noise. Punch mimics him. Your master he say he no like a de noise. What noise? That horrid bad noise. He'll no have more noise near his house. He won't, Willie. And Punch runs about the stage shaking his bell as loud as before. Get away, I say, with that horrid bad bell, says the servant. Do you call that a bell, says Punch? It's an organ. I say it is a bell, a horrid bad bell. I say it is an organ, and Punch pounds him with it. What do you say it is now? Ow! Stop! Stop! It is an organ, cries the servant. An organ? I say it is a fiddle. Punch offers to pound him again. It is a fiddle, agrees the servant. I say it is a drum, yells Punch. It is a drum, agrees the servant. I say it is a trumpet, yells Punch. Well, so it is a trumpet. But bell, organ, fiddle, drum, or trumpet, my massa, he no like the music. Not like my sweet music, says Punch. I'll teach you to like sweet music. And he pounds the servant about the stage with the bell till he runs away. Then comes in the distinguished foreign gentleman himself, who, being unable to express himself in English, says very solemnly, Shalabala. Why don't you speak English? asks Punch. Shalabala, answers the foreign gentleman. Then I'll hit you with my stick, says Punch. Shalabala, says the foreign gentleman. Punch hits him over the head, and he falls to the ground. Then Punch sings as before. I dreamt that I dwelt in marble halls, with vassals and serfs by my side. Suddenly the image of all Mr. Punch's evil deeds in the form of a ghost peers around a corner of the stage and whispers, Boo! then disappears again. Punch throws up his arms in alarm and says, Ah! Ah! I didn't do anything! It wasn't me! At that, all the people who Punch has laid out on the stage rise straight up in the air, point their fingers accusingly at him, and float away. Oh dear! Oh dear! cries Punch. A horse! My kingdom for a horse! Suddenly his hobby horse comes prancing in. Punch tries to mount him in order to run away, but the horse rears up and throws him. Oh dear! Oh dear! moans Punch from the ground, and then in comes the hangman. The hangman says, Mr. Punch, you are my prisoner. You have broken the laws of your country. Broken the laws? whines Punch, picking himself up. I couldn't break them. I never touched them. I have come to string you up, says the hangman. Oh dear, oh dear, spare me. I have a wife and sixteen small children. What will they do without me? Nevertheless, the hangman produces a rope with a noose at the end, and this he throws over the limb of a tree. Come here, says he. I can't, wails Punch. I've a bone in my leg. Then I must fetch you. The two struggle, and the hangman takes Punch over to the tree. Put your head in here, says the hangman, showing the noose. I don't know how. Show me, whines Punch. Why, it's easy. Just like this, says the hangman. He puts his own head in the noose to show Punch how. Punch quickly pulls the rope and strings up the hangman. 
ee, ee, he squeaks, and begins to sing again. At that the ghost rises slowly. You are come for, he says in a hollow voice. Oh, dear, oh, dear, what for, cries Punch. To be carried off for your evil deeds to the land of Bobbity Shooty. The ghost approaches, still repeating in his hollow voice, To be carried off for your evil deeds, To be carried off, to be carried off. That for my evil deeds, cries Punch. He hits the ghost himself on the head, and biff, that's the end of the ghost. Then he jumps on his hobby horse, and rides away singing, Right to the roll, it serves him right. Now all my foes are put to flight. Ladies and gentlemen all, good night to the freaks of Punch and Judy. End of section 87. Recording by Todd. End of Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse. Edited by Olive Bupre Miller.